0: and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result,
1: Hello and welcome to the first episode of our 2022-2023 season coverage of the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host Dean, joined in true went-to-mode Kings Meadow style by neither Jane nor Dane, uh, but I brought in the big guns for this mega season preview show. Um, First up we've got the host of the always excellent We Ain't Got No History podcast, Jay Wilmington. Jay, how you doing my friend? I'm well sir, thanks for having me. It's always our pleasure and um, alongside Jay we've got uh, long time friend of the show, um, analyst, podcaster, writer, uh, footballing genius, Mia Erickson. Uh, Mia, good to have, have you back. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm great. I'm very excited for the new season to start,
1: That's finally. Because we're going to talk about it. So it's good you're excited. Oh, we are? <laughs> Um, So, as you may have now guessed, uh, we are here to look ahead to the 2022-23 season, which kicks off for Chelsea this Sunday, the 11th of September, against West Ham United at Stamford Bridge, not Kings Meadow. Uh, And to do that, we're going to look at transfers, pre-season games, tactics, our rival WSL teams, and also make some predictions of our own uh, that will be wrong come May. Uh, Before we do that, I want to gauge Jay and Mia's vibe. Uh, So he's got a little bit of Mia's there, but uh, Jay, how are you feeling ahead of the season? Positive, negative, indifferent?
3: Yeah. Likewise, very excited. And I think, you know, this time of year is usually a time of year we are excited as, as Chelsea fans, but even more so, I think, than I have been in in the prior three, four seasons, I think this might be the most excited I've been uh, leading up to a season.
1: Yeah. Mia, how about yourself? I know you've been busy during the Euros. So, It probably feels like you haven't had a break from football, but...
2: Football never takes a break in my life. No. Yeah, but I can only agree with what Jay is saying, because I do think we always kind of say this the last couple of years when it comes to women's game that, oh, this is going to be a very exciting season, and this is going to be the most exciting season and most even season uh, so far, but but uh, yeah I mean it's going to be I'm going to use the word massive season instead
1: of exciting yeah massive is a good word I'm I'm excited because I've been watching Chelsea men and they dreadful at football um so I'm glad to have an excuse not to watch them now and I've got to watch the women instead uh for podcasting reasons um so that's sort of I'm disappointed to miss the first game because I'm away on holiday but um there we go. I'm sure I get to Stamford Bridge to watch them one day. Um, so to start, we're going to look at transfers because we've had a very busy transfer window. Um, six confirmed signings, plus probably another two on the way, maybe, uh, depending on how some other things pan out. Uh, Jay, what have you made of Chelsea in the transfer market thus far?
3: Yeah, I'd say over, overall, I'm very excited. I We've obviously done a lot of major business I'm sure we'll get into some of the individuals. I, I will say I have, I think some of our business has left almost as many questions, good questions, but kind of things that we'll yet we'll to see how people are used and kind of what Emma Hayes' plans are for certain signings. But I think overall, we uh, we should be very excited about the transfer business that we've done going into this season.
1: Yeah, me too. Me, um, I want to talk to you on the podcast because we've spoken off air about um, our latest signing. Jelena uh, Kankovic, is that right, in English? Jelena Csankovic. Chankovic. Yeah, it's not going to work for me. Um <laughs> going to call her Kankovic. I was going to say, go ahead and have Mia pronounce all of these <laughs> before you get to me, because, yeah, thank you. I need to be able to edit just Mia's pronunciations over my own voice. Um, But seeing as we don't edit at all, that's going to be difficult. Um, You know, I've written about her on my sub stack, which you should subscribe to. The link will be in the description below. But on the podcast, what can Chelsea fans that haven't sort of watched her or seen much about her expect from her, and how excited should they be that Emma Hayes has brought this player in? Yeah, I think
2: uh, everyone should be very excited um, because she is a massive (laughs) player. No, but but jokes aside, this this is a player like she's been. I, I do think it's hard to compare. Uh, for obvious, th- th- there's many reasons. Uh, for why I think it's hard to compare. Uh, because she is she she has been playing in the and the Swedish League. I'm not sure where the Swedish League is at the moment. Like, where are we at? Um, but but this is a player that has been delivering consistently in the Swedish League, and she she has been playing in the best Swedish team um and and she's she's a joy to watch i mean johanna Connery is also a joy to watch uh, because she's also very unique but but this is a player this this is a a ye, so yun, so i do think that chelsea fans is are going to enjoy watching her a lot um yeah that's all I I want to say about her. But but this is a great
1: player. Yeah, there must be lots of transferable attributes from the Darmstadt Fensken to the WSL because every team seems to shop in that market. It's a very popular market for them to shop in.
2: Yeah, it it is obviously, and and I I do think that the Swedish league is is a good league. For for many different reasons, but, but due to the fact that, that we can bring out great talents uh, into Europe right now, it, it shows that the Swedish league and the Domalsensk, it it's the place where clubs should look. And the fact also is that uh, both Johanna Rutting Connery and Jelena Csankovic, they are not young they're in their mid twenties, so they they are experienced players.
1: Yeah, that's an age bracket I've mentioned before that Chelsea needed to look at that they haven't really had that many players in that sort of they've got either young or they're sort of approaching the end that we like to call 30, um which I'm older than, which is very sad. Um, Jay, have you seen much or heard much about her and you excited about her signing, just listening to Mia maybe?
3: Yeah, certainly not as familiar with the the Swedish league, certainly as Mia, but I think what I expect is maybe at least somebody that can help ease the transition of G out of the squad because I do think that we'll see her have quite a highlight reel for Chelsea. Maybe maybe a few goals, but particularly with creative passing and and being a player that um, can be really effective and stand out in the midfield. Um, I, I it's also you gotta also feel good anytime somebody's got a chance to join Arsenal or Chelsea and they pick Chelsea, especially when they she could have played for a former manager, right? So maybe that helped us in the long run. I don't know, but. I uh, yeah, I think she's one
1: I'm very excited about um,
3: for to to see how she slots in sort of in this creative midfield
1: role. Yeah, I devour Emma Hayes. It's like salad or Chocolate, isn't it? Um, I suppose. Um, to, the next big signing I think to discuss is Kadisha Buchanan, um, an elite level central defender. Uh, Jay, it's an area that Chelsea obviously have depth in already. You know, Eriksson, Bright, Carter, Newen. Um, you know, lots of players there, but. The signing makes sense on a basic level that she's just great at football and also the fact that she enables Chelsea to switch quite easily now between the three and the four at the back. What do you make of her signing?
3: Yeah, probably from just a sheer player profile, my personal favorite signing for Chelsea. gotten to see her play quite a lot, particularly for the Canadian national team. And I just think that I mean, she is an incredibly talented and athletic player. Um, she's she's accomplished so much, um, particularly, you know, uh, in Europe. And I think that, I, I guess, you know, from, from, the, from just looking at the surface, it's maybe not a big area of need for Chelsea since we have two center backs. But as you rightly mentioned, Dean, I think this indicates that if not a full commitment to a, a back three, back five, whatever you want to call it, I think this is at least a pretty good indication we're going to see um, you know that formation quite a bit. I I also think it it provides again stellar depth and competition for Erickson and, and Bright. But I certainly see this more as as good and dominant as she is to bring something to that pairing rather than necessarily try to you know challenge um, one of one of the two out. So so for me I'd, I'd expect to see a lot of that three center backs together. Um, be interested to see what what the two of you think. Yeah, well
1: uh, they obviously played together and the match at column when they played the under-18. So, obviously, we didn't get to see it. Um, maybe that's a Emma Hayes' decision for the public not to see that on opposition analysts, of course. Mia, uh, when they switched between the three of them to the four, though, it does move Magda to left-back. Um, obviously, she plays there a lot for Sweden, and you would have watched her a lot there. Do you think we Chelsea would get enough of Magda from that position, or do you take away some of her best attributes with the ball by putting her left-back? Would it make Chelsea overall weaker to have them as a four? No, sense. I
2: don't I don't think that because I, I th- this is a hard one for me right now because if you had asked me like 2 years ago what what I thought about Magda playing as a left back for Sweden I would probably have said that she she did really good um on that pos- position and she does good <laughs> in that position now as well but and it's hard because when she when she played there for Sweden during the euros uh, there were heavy criticism of her be- because it it appeared that she didn't do as good as she has uh, done in the past but but the fact is that i'm going to go back now to because last season uh there jonna uh, was on the bench but when magda was away jona came in and and they have the same they had the same role in chelsea so i do think if 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 emma hayes would want to go with the back four and play magda at at the left back she would still be able to provide what she's good at and that that's ball progressing even if it's i mean could be ball carrying or or passing um but but that's her role in Chelsea. And I, I can't see Emma Hayes taking away uh, Magda's role in that because I, I don't think that the other centre-backs, no matter how good they are, uh, they aren't as good as Magda at the progressing part. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, but I'm with Jay here because you have three like world-class centre-backs which I where I do think that that Buchanan and Bright are are better defenders, but I do think that Magda is a is a better like offensive centre back.
1: And so, as we get on to, um, they play a key part in moving the ball forward for Chelsea. Um, but we'll touch on that in a little while. Um, sticking with the Swedes, Mia. Um, we've mentioned already Hannah ritten Canrid, uh, or Jojo as Emma Hayes calls her. Um, We've seen quite a bit of her in pre-season. Um, she's what I would describe as a traditional winger in the sense that you want her on the ball taking on defenders unlike sort of what Chelsea play with, inverted uh, tight space wingers. Um, what can Chelsea fans expect from her and what are you expecting from her from Chelsea this season?
2: Yeah, I, I do think that Chelsea has no player like Johanna uh, in the squad at the moment. Uh, that makes her a unique player. Uh, if that is a good thing for Chelsea and Johanna herself, I I can't tell right now because I I'm very curious about uh, the way Emma intends to use her. That's one thing, and then 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 you have the other thing that that Johanna Rytin Kondry she she can do as good. Or better than good, uh, because she she does she's like organized chaos. Uh, if you wanna, like like we mentioned a couple of times during the last season, that that sometimes when when Chelsea play low blocks, uh, very compact, and they can't get through, then Johanna Ritonkarnid is can be a player that that can solve that problem. Uh, because she's very good at one v one with the ball, uh, and she she has courage to to go forward in ways um, on the pitch that I haven't seen Chelsea, other Chelsea attackers um, like play before. So, but but the the thing is also that if it doesn't work for Johanna on the pitch, it it's like yeah, it's like fifty fifty. I think, for me, this season, it's going to be very interesting to see her in a team like Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting when we played Tottenham when she went 4-3-3 and she had uh, Lauren James and Penilla Harder as sort of number eights. And then Johanna and uh, Guru out wide, go you know, creating width. Maybe that's something they look to do against these low-block teams um, in the WSL, at least. And sort of mentioning that, Jay, So to me, there's been two types of signings uh, this summer, one for the WSL and one for the Champions League. Um, Is that something that you would sort of agree with? Yeah, I I think
3: you're probably right. I think, you know, I think Kenner specifically, you know, I think could see her play either either, in either, but maybe in the WSL at first. And I... (laughs) It's really interesting what you said, Mia, because this was one of the players for me that was when looking at the signings where I said I had some questions just because, again, no questions about the talent or, you know, it's it's an obviously incredibly solid signing. It's just more of, um, it's clear to me there's an emphasis for versatility, whether that be formation or just what player profiles we have within the squad. But then, um, you know, obviously at some point you're going to have to commit to certain styles of play and, and practice those and see those more often. And so sometimes those really flexible players or players that have a unique profile um, they can really stand out and be special or they can kind of like, you know, I think you're alluding to kind of get lost in the shuffle and, and she's the one that I really have my eye on there for sure. But, you know, yeah, Dean, I think, I think, I think that's something we have to keep an eye on here is this squad depth. I, I, I wonder very much with the way Chelsea went out in the group stage. I know they didn't make a deep run in the champions league last year. But I think squad depth here is obviously, you know, we've gone from we didn't lose a ton this summer. We lost some key players, but there's clearly an emphasis to build out the squad and not just replace players one for one or try to, you know, just marginally increase talent. There, there is going to be a lot of players here um, fighting for match time, whether that's WSL or Champions League. So I think you're right. I think this will allow some of our, you know, key key players to have some more rest in the WSL leading up to Champions League, um, but. Man, I am fascinated because pl- there are certain of these signings that I could also see making such a big impact in the WSL that they soon become those kind of you know Champions League uh, players.
1: Yeah, we're going to um, talk about this a bit deeper a bit later on. But a player that I would say is sort of a Champions League signing is has been Eve Perisay. Um, Jay, I watched her closely during the Euros because Chelsea had signed her, so I took an interest in the player. Um, as many people do, um, I thought her reading of the game was excellent. Uh, she responds quickly to dangerous situations, um, and we've seen that as well in preseason. So, sort of what have you made of her in the limited time we've been able to see her in Chelsea colors? I said, Disha Buchanan was my
3: personal favorite signing, but this is my vote to be the biggest impact to Chelsea, um, because right away, because I think it's not only a player that I've been highly impressed by, both in you know previous seasons' club and and with the French team, but you know in the Euros and then watching her somewhat in the America preseason tour as well. I just think she's she clearly feels very comfortable in this team, and it's some of the things I think she'll stand out and make a big impact because um, you know for for a wing back, we know Chelsea fullback wing back, whatever you want to call it, play very advanced, but her ability going forward is kind of game changing. And not only that, but I think, you know, we've seen already what an effective set piece taker uh, she is. I'm sure the Chelsea men's team would love to borrow her for a week or two and have a decent set piece, but she is, I, I, you know, she can score goals. She can set up uh, Sam Kerr and and the other Chelsea attackers, Beth England, I think from those set pieces. So um, I just think she's going to be dynamite and have a massive impact on this Chelsea team from week one
1: yeah and the other thing about amira suppose, is you know that versatility that emma sort of loves in players she played 45 minutes at left back against tottenham and then in the second half she swapped over to right back jess carter doing the same thing uh, and not only does Perisay improve the starting 11 you know she also raises the standards of someone like neef charles who had a good end to last season but probably needs to step up again on that other level for chelsea and as we've seen in Chelsea's documentary, you know, Emma Hayes is, is big on, you know, not settling for what we've got, but always pushing for that next step. And that's why this signing is also kind of important as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, of course. And I I do think that what sets uh, a player like eve Perse apart from the other fullbacks is that I do think that she is good at defending as well. And stay in position, uh, because it's it's no secret that I mean Jona and- Anderson, she was a great offensive fullback, and and she was a good defender, but then you have Jess Carter, who is a great defender, but not as good as ball progression, perhaps. So I do think that this is a a unique signing for for Chelsea. Uh, in that regard, here you have a player that that knows how to stay in position. And and like Jay said, uh, says also, it's very good at uh, pass, pass the ball and, and get things going. So I think it's I think she's going to we, we're going to see her on the right hand side and we're going to see her, her on the left hand side as well.
1: Yeah, also, she's actually a fullback, unlike many of the other players in this club that are remoulded, shall we say, um, into those positions. Um, The other senior team signing has been Katrina Svitkova. Um, she played for eight minutes in America and then played behind closed doors at Cobham, so we haven't actually seen her. Uh, Mia, this is a discussion we've had off-air. Um, is this a situation where Chelsea should be actually looking to their academy and seeing if someone could play that amount of minutes and rather than signing a someone that's just going to sit on the squad and on the bench maybe
2: i i think this is a hard question because obviously i i do think it's like this if if you're going to go for the champions league you're going to go for the league and you're going to go for the the cups that 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 chelsea plays then then this is a good signing uh, obviously but i I do think that it would have been nice to see an Academy player in the Chelsea Senior team as well this season, because it feels like, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot because obviously when when you when you go for the big titles, some something tells me that the English teams perhaps. You, you get big players in to get the job done. I I don't know how to express myself more <laughs> in in a better way, but but like it's a hard it's a hard question because I do think that this is a great squad player and there's gonna be a lot of games, um, so I do think that she's gonna play and she has experience from the WSL that's where i think she is there for, for her experience and an academy player doesn't have experience but they get the experience now because they are loaned out to clubs that play in the WSL so
1: yeah it's that balancing act isn't it of you know providing a pathway and also remaining competitive at the top level i think there's an issue with academy football in in england definitely i don't think the level's quite good enough for these top teams to to have, say, Charlotte Wardlaw stay at the club and then play academy football when she's not playing for Chelsea, but then she's not playing sort of good enough of a level, especially after being in the championship last year. Um, But we'll see. Uh, Talking of academy players, Jay, we've signed Lucy Watson, who's gone on loan to Charlton. Uh, Alice Higginbottom was joined from Nottingham Forest for the academy. Um, And we've seen this new approach on the men's side as well. Lots of academy players being signed and not necessarily for the first team quite an interesting route to go down, isn't it for the club yeah
3: and I think it dovetails perfectly with what you were just talking to me about there with uh, you know Chelsea doing a lot of things right now that I think we'll look back on a couple years from now and have a lot obviously hindsight's 2020 but we'll have a lot more color on this because I think these next few years are going to in some ways shape the direction Chelsea goes with this I mean you know we're kind of in my estimation doing a little bit of everything we're, we're we're still trying to bring up players to the academy and and get them some pathway to a first team particularly through loans we're now investing in really high high potential young players like Lucy Watson who's just improving so rapidly and and you know is still a young player um, but it has it, I don't know. That's an interesting sighting because he's got to see a pathway pretty directly right now to top level football. And maybe that's not best through Chelsea. But clearly, Chelsea is having something to offer these players that still want to come in. Now, whether Lucy Watson, Alice, Alice, some of these others two years from now, are they the examples of the players that said, man, I should have gone just to another, uh, you know, another not quite top level as Chelsea, but somewhere where I could have gotten immediate first team or was the experience of being involved in Chelsea and developed through there and working with the cat, you know, Chelsea and Emma Hayes and, and whatever level that may be, is that still going to be the, the most productive way? I, I just think that's very fascinating for me. I think there will inevitably, like you brought up here, we have, there will be some that miss out here, whether that's the homegrown players or these, folks that you know these players that sort of get lost in the shuffle between you know really young talent and making the breakthrough to that top level um you know i think chelsea is going to be a club right at the forefront um for european or particularly for the wsl and what happens as this talent pool grows and grows and grows and yet we don't have probably as many really top level options for this talent to go to as we should yet so um obviously that'll come in time too but i i you said it's interesting and i think that's exactly the word it, and i think it's going to be fascinating here shortly because we're going to have so much more clarity on this um before too long
1: yeah and i think there's also going to be a push towards homegrown players in the squad and probably halving out the squads in the next 10 years so maybe this is a the first steps towards that in mind where Half of 25 or 12 or 13 of them have to be from, from the UK. And at the moment, it's eight and Chelsea are on nine with Charlotte Wardle involved in the squad. So, you know, some of these players that we're talking about being a luxury in the squad, like Svitkova, possibly J.R.K., who, but also she could be a first-team player every week. You know, maybe they're going to be have to be replaced by homegrown players to fill that quota. Um, we'll see what comes out of Karen Carney's review um, in the next... Months or so, I guess that will take a long time. Um, and I did mention Chelsea looking at two more signings. Um, the window closes this Thursday. Um, we're guessing that one's going to be a goalkeeper to replace AKB while she's out battling uh, her fire of cancer, which very sadly, came back again. Uh, Mia, your friend in, in your podcast world, Amanda, broke the story about uh, Belgium's goalkeeper, Nikki Everard. Um, is there an update on that situation or is it the same waiting on the clubs to agree a fee?
2: uh i think that there's no update for me uh, in that regard i the last thing i heard uh is the fact that chelsea has uh made i think two bids for nikki evrod uh and the the club that she plays for uh oh Lovan, uh has um, rejected the bids um, I, I I do think that, or I do know that the player wants to move, uh, so it's going to be interesting uh, to see how this week plays out uh, in that matter. Um, when when the uh, international break is over as well.
1: Yeah, obviously the clock is ticking on on transfers, and and the, the second one, Jay, is obviously Grace Gaoro from PSG. You're a huge name for a huge sum. It looks like. Um perhaps this takes a little bit later in the window because of the moves that need to happen to make this happen, I suppose. Um, but what would it mean for Chelsea to sign a player of that caliber in midfield?
3: Well, yeah, on the surface, I mean, it would be, I'd be, ecstatic. I mean, the, watching her play for France, In the midfield, uh, she is just an absolutely incredible player. I think her speed in the midfield, um, again, I think part of the question just comes to what kind of team does Chelsea really want to be and how do they, you know, because she's not particularly a defensive, defensive midfielder. She certainly is capable there. Um, But, you know, maybe that we want to let Cuthbert continue to play there some and she slide into a more central role and be part of – know a blistering counter-attack i i think again it, for me it's like a no-brainer to say absolutely bring her in we'll figure it out whatever the questions are we'll figure it out but i you know there is a little bit at some point of an embarrassment of riches where you say hey, you know these are you do have to get this to work it's not all just a you know uh thought exercise so um you know i i i'm still going to take it a hundred percent but if as credible a talent as she is if this signing doesn't get done in the remaining days here i don't think it's one that chelsea needs to you know feel like they 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 should think less of their expectations for the season because i think they've already done so much work here
1: yeah and i don't think that they're going to be okay we're not going to get her by wednesday we'll look for someone else now i think they this is a play obviously they want and they're going to try and get her and if not they don't i suppose this is a a midweek sign-in versus a weekend sign-in, which is going to be Team A and Team B for Chelsea, I think, this season. Um, and as we all know, we've lost Yonah Anderson, Drew Spence and So Young at the end of last season. Uh, Poppy Soper left after signing on a dual contract deal. Uh, We've got Emma Thompson and Grace Palmer on loan at Lewis. Aggie Beaver-Jones on loan to Everton. Georgia Fox on loan to Brighton. And we're expecting Charlotte Wardlaw to go on loan to Leicester or move to Liverpool, Um, which is going to be her. So let's move on to pre-season because we've seen some of Chelsea in action. They play two official games at the International Women's Challenge Cup in America, drawing 2-2 and then losing on penalties to Leon uh, before beating the Portland Thorns 1-0 in the third place game. Uh, then at Kingsmeadow, they beat Tottenham 2-0 with half the squad, beating the bent Under-18 Academy 4-3, um, whether or not you believe that's up to you, behind closed doors at Cobham. Uh, I mean, I know pre-season's sort of pre-season, but as far as they go, that's Pretty good for Chelsea.
2: Yeah, and I, yeah, obviously, and and also the fact that I actually thought that that against Lyon, we saw some real glimpses of good football. Where, but I do think it's it's like this. I mean, Chelsea, obviously, new players in, but not many players out. They know each other. Like so, even if it's pre season, I do think that that's what we saw. Um, so, I mean, for for pre season football, I think Chelsea has um, have delivered, and that that's what makes us excited about the new season as well. I I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Jay, I know you don't really need to look at the results of the games. Obviously, losing the first one, but. So many positives to take, as Mia said, especially you know, as well that first 65, 70 minutes against Leon, where they played some great stuff, and played sort of the Champions League holders. I know it wasn't their strongest eleven, but they played them off the park, didn't they?
3: Yeah, I think sometimes it it can get overlooked the challenge of having to look cohesive when you've taken some time off. I know these players were many of them playing football summer, but to come back together as a unit and then have to travel overseas. I mean, I just think. We all expect professionals to to do their wherever they are, but you see so many different preseason tours, especially overseas, wherever it is that teams are just the whole experience really gets to the team and their kind of cohesion on the field just doesn't look good at all. And it was really refreshing to see Chelsea look almost the opposite that they could go far, come back together, travel, and then get on the pitch and it. Pretty much all came back together, and for 60 minutes, we're just pretty much dominant against you know the Champions League winners. So, again, I've said how excited I am going into the season, but it's hard for me to find pause because I think you know there's just so many things that are positive, little positive indications, and I think that preseason tour was another one.
1: Yeah, I do remember when we got thrashed in preseason in France a couple of years ago. We went on to win the league, so you know results and good performances don't always mean that you're gonna do well in the season, but we like to get caught up in the hype. Uh Mira, an aspect of pre-season I really liked was Erin Cuthbert playing as at lone six. Uh she played there against Leon with Jesse Fleming slightly ahead of her. And then she played there against Spurs with Harder and James as we mentioned earlier. Um what have you made of of her playing in that sort of role for Chelsea? Uh
2: I do think that she's out of if if we look at the whole squad, she is the most perfect player uh, in that posi- position. Not sure she is the perfect player as a number six. If we c- would compare her to to other number six, I mean traditional number sixes. Uh, but in that Chelsea squad, she is she is uh, the woman at the right place at the moment. You you can see that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch her develop. Uh, in that role um, as well and it's going to be mighty interesting to see who is going to play alongside her uh, if it's going to be a double pivot or a single pivot you never know um, but I do think that that she is she showed some great skills both as the holding midfielder but also at playing the ball forward uh, I actually, we, we had uh, Ada Hegerberg's sis- sister on our podcast the other day. And we actually spoke a lot about this role. Um, like, you have to be able to, to scan the pitch uh, with and without the ball. And the fact that this position and this role, that's, that's the player that can set the tempo uh, of a game. And I do think that Erin Cuthbert has a lot of those skills uh, already.
1: Yeah, as we saw in the assist to Sam Kerr against Leon, where she picks up the ball and she already knows what she's going to do with it um, before she gets it. Um, Jay, I suppose a lot of supporters have been calling for sort of Lena Overdorf or Kira Walsh, you know, a player that sort of Mia would describe as the tr- traditional number six. Uh, but do you think that what we've seen in pre season points to what the reality of Chelsea's midfield is going to be and that? Probably the number one priority for Mahaise in that role is someone that can cover the pitch and break up attacks first. And then the second, she can play the ball if she needs to. But Chelsea aren't that reliant on every pass going through their number six as other teams probably are.
3: Yeah, I, you know, my my great being a little bit tongue in cheek here, but is that, you know, she's not a traditional number six, maybe Cuthbert, but I think she could be so effective in her unique style and what Chelsea does here that maybe she will just have a new position in football called the Cuthbert or the Aaron after this season, because I really think, like I said, I, I know she doesn't totally fit it from a player profile but I, but yeah like mia said she's kind of the per- everybody identifies she's the person for the role with this team right now and so i think that's to me as effective as chelsea has been in the transfer market of identifying their targets and signing said targets the fact they have not made a big push to sign an overdorf kira walsh maybe those signings weren't immediately available who knows. but but i it does tell me that it's not highly important that they get that signing made. And we talked about even looking at Giora, who's a little bit different profile, being who they are leaning toward. I think that
1: tells you a lot about their confidence
3: having Aaron in whatever version of this role we want to call it going forward this season.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that we look for against West Ham and we'll speak about on our West Ham review is what Chelsea do there. Uh, Mia, we spoke a lot before about Chelsea's reliance on the Piquabee combination of Kerr and Kirby. Do you see that changing this season based on what we've seen in pre season? I know Harder, in particular, was vital in the game she played. I know Kirby's sort of fatigued or injured, whatnot. But do you think there'll still be that reliance from Emma Hayes on those three players to produce the goods, or the fact that there's more quality around the squad now that that will feed feet her out a little bit?
2: Uh, I, I see it too, in into <laughs> different like perspectives here because obviously these these three players are among a lot of other players in this squad i must say uh world class players experienced players and they've already showed that they can deliver when when it's needed the most so i do think yes uh, these are the three players that are supposed uh, to deliver when, when they have to, but I do think that when looking at players like Jelena um and if 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 it happens that Chelsea will have a player like Grace Gayro, um, then we are going to see a different like style of play, because these players are. are like Jelena Jankovic, she's a ball playing footballer. Uh, you're gonna see delicious passes, not just kick and run football. Um, it's it's like I th- I think we're gonna see great football from from Chelsea this season. Um, and obviously, I I do think that we already saw it. Uh, glimpses uh, of it from pre-season. so I'm expecting. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be more. It's it's not that Chelsea has all have always been a great team to watch, but like we we talked about it last season that that it's just tap tap boom football. Now we probably gonna see a lot more play played football. Um, I mean, a lot so more taps. <laughs> it's going to happen as well, I, I'm sure of, of. But I do think. L- let me put it this way. I do think that we're going to see more a, a more creative style of play that that you can adapt to whatever opponents you you play. Because I've been missing that part from Chelsea a little bit. That that you have to adapt to to the opponents. If it's a low block, you you can't just do the tap tap boom because you can't play through uh, if you don't have the players to do it uh, or if you don't have set the style and tactics to do it um so i think that's what we're going to see we're going to see from Samker and players like Panilla Harder I, I expect to see a lot more um from Panilla Harder in in ways that it's going to Make like, not. I'm not gonna say makes me more satisfied to watch her in in Chelsea, but I do think that, and I do hope that the players in is gonna provide and just lift players like Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby, and Peni Harder even more.
1: Yeah, Jay, as Mia mentions, Chelsea sort of the squad now I think has the ability to morph into different styles and they can change. Easier based on the opposition they're facing, whether that's sort of playing Aston Villa at home one week and then Man City away the next. So, based on that, do you see Emma rotating heavily this season? Because I know she likes to stick to her trusted players normally, but do you think the fact that they can now change their style quite easily, we will see rotations in the squad? You know, I would say it would not surprise
3: me to see Emma rotate more than we've seen traditionally. In part, I just, um, I think this to me, again, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but in building out this squad, making it deeper, not just kinda of, like I said trading out one for one, but kind of building these options, yes, it's to have the you know depth to go through multiple. To try to win everything, win every trophy we can. But I think, yeah, I think she'd like to find her really s- solid group, particularly once it comes Champions League time. But I also think that she has more options now, and she has options. She has better options. She has more flexibility in options. So. I think one thing I appreciate about Emma Hayes is how she's always able to, and this will be her biggest challenge yet, but how she's always able to manage a locker room and also make big decisions and get the match sheet right. So um, I think we will see some more big decisions from her, maybe a little more rotation. I, however, would not be surprised that I would guess once we get well you know, into the Champions League, maybe we're having a little less discussion around the fourth, at the back at the back. I'm not sure which will be the winner, but I do think maybe as the season wears on, we'll find one that we see the majority of the time and maybe the other just for an occasional uh, you know, different look.
1: Yeah, Emma Emma always says don't get hung up on the formation. It's just how they defend that you should look at rather than what they line up for kickoff. Um, So the final thing I want to touch on this section Mir is what's happening with the goalkeeper. Obviously, AKB is now out for an Unspecified level of time, so it looks like Sachira Muzovic will be the number one this season. What's your thought on that? So first for the player, and secondly for our national team chances as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I do think that Sachira Muzovic will be the kind of goalkeeper that will grow in to the football this uh, this this Chelsea wants to play. Because I do think that she's very good with the ball at at her feet, and um, and and passing wise, she's like I, I think she's an interesting goalkeeper in that way. But I do also think that Stachira Musovic will will like need time to come in to to play games week in and week out and be that keeper for Chelsea. Uh, if she is that keeper for Chelsea, I'm. I have high hopes for her going into the Swedish national team to get a chance uh, to play as the first keeper for Sweden. And 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 if she gets that chance, I do think that Chelsea will benefit a lot from that.
1: Yeah, Jay. I will we'll say I've been sort of calling for for Mosevic to come into the team. Yeah, you know, because of the reasons Mia said that her superiority on the ball. Um, I will add, I wouldn't have liked it in these circumstances. AKB's health is obviously more important than the team, but I suppose there's still question marks about Muzovic's shot stopping ability compared to AKB, and some people question the free kick against Leon and the late goal as well. Um, what's your thoughts on that situation? Do you think there's a, as Mia said, she'll grow as the season progresses and we'll start to see, you know, why Chelsea signed her and hopefully, you know, a number one goalkeeper for Sweden as well. I I do expect that. And, you know, but it's a lot of pressure to put on a
3: still pretty young player and who is now not only stepping into the spotlight, but stepping into them through sort of unexpected circumstances. Um, and then without just from the depth issue now, this is one of the reasons I think the Nicky Everard story will be very interesting to follow because, you know, I almost wonder you might see signing her would put more pressure pressure on most but I almost think it might help her because I think that with nobody behind you, that is a lot, a lot of pressure. And I think I expect her to fully grow into that role, but I do think Chelsea would be wide to support her. And I think they plan to, Um, but I think even if we sign a, you know, major keeper I still expect her to take this opportunity and I think it's her I think it's her year I think there's that opportunity as Mia said potentially with the national team as well and I I just think this is
1: you know she's still young but this is what she's been waiting for yeah I've got no concerns over Muzovic being the number one goalkeeper and I think actually as Mia said you know when we play with some more taps to the booms you know we're going to need her being able to pass between the back quite comfortably you know it's an issue we've seen on the men's side recently as well you know if you're trying to play that way, you need someone that can actually do it. But otherwise, someone takes the ball if you're on the line and they kick the ball in the net, um, which isn't good. Um, We're going to take an ad break now. Uh, before we do that, our summer series celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea FC women's team is available in full on our Patreon channel. Uh, we've got interviews with Tony Farmer, George McAlas, Matt Beard, plus specials with Chelsea Pride and the Chelsea Women's Sports Group. You can sign up to support the show with a season ticket costing just £5 per month. In return, you get exclusive content such as that, and you get to listen first, ad free to all our shows, plus more content coming over the course of the season. If you head to www.patreon.com forward slash went to Mo Kingsmeadow to join, um, we will much appreciate that, and we will be right back. Chige. JK.
0: In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Well, panic not. Nord VPN have come to the rescue. They have. Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Fans,
3: real for Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play.
0: footballfancast.com f- f-
1: Welcome back to our mega-season preview show. Time now to look at some of our WSL rivals, uh, for the title at least, starting with last season's runners-up, Arsenal. Uh, Jonas Eidevel has been busy streamlining his squad. Um, they've made two signings. Caelan Marchese, uh, a goalkeeper, and Lina Hertig from Juventus. Um, just I should have said before, but just excuse some pronunciations that are going to come out. Okay. Um, but they've let go of Tobin Heath, Lisa Evans, Victoria Schneiderbeck, Hale Hussain, uh, Amain Cole, Lydia Williams, Alex Hennessy, Kira Flannery, Simone Boyer Sorensen, and Nikita Paris, plus Anna Patton and Franz Denson have gone on loan. Uh, Mia, they sort of lost the league because they lost to Birmingham City last season. Do you think they've done enough this summer to sort of rectify that?
2: No, I don't think they've done enough. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Jonas Edeval probably is kind of nervous about that. Um, I, I think that Arsenal uh, is a great team. They were last season. Um, but I do think that the investment uh, that Chelsea has done... This uh, window, um, I I would be disappointed uh, if Chelsea are not better than Arsenal from the start.
1: I'd be disappointed even if they signed all the best players in the world. If Chelsea weren't better than Arsenal, uh, but that's just me. Uh, I suppose for for Arsenal, Jay, the most important thing for them was was keeping Viviana Midamar. Do you think us probably banking now on Chelsea's priorities being elsewhere
3: well I mean I know I'm gonna regret saying this but but he almost has to be doesn't he I mean I I guess you know we've talked a little bit about Chelsea's obvious focus on the Champions League this year but they don't have they've got the they've got an army man they're gonna be able to go about these competitions and put everything into each one of them Um, I don't think Chelsea's gonna be stuck in a spot where they're thin of numbers and talent and having to kind of you know, focus on one particular competition. And so, you know, again, be careful what you wish for, but I I just looking at my excitement for this season, and obviously we've talked in depth here about what Chelsea's done, but part, the other side of that coin is what our rivals haven't done or what they have done just in comparison to what Chelsea's done. And so, yeah, I, I suppose this puts more pressure on Chelsea because to me, there's more of a Chelsea and then Arsenal and then City, then it has sort of this three-horse race in the past. But um, yeah, I'm I, I, I I'm not co- totally sure actually what, what Arsenal is doing, to be honest with you, Dean.
1: Yeah, I suppose they've got a very good first 11, plus probably a couple of extra subs. Is that enough over the course of the season? It wasn't last year and they've not really done anything to to add to that. So as we say, as you both said, you know, perhaps not the close race it was this season with Arsenal. Um, next up, we've got last season's third place, Manchester City, although after losing to Real Madrid again in the qualifying, I don't know why they bothered finishing third. Um, they brought in Denya Catalanos. Probably not Castellanos. Right. Castellanos. Well, my problem is I make the font too small and then all these names get clumped together and I can't work out what I'm saying. Uh, Lena... Uwahabi, uh, Leah Alexandri, Mary Fowler, Sandy McIver and Kirsten Kasperidge. I don't know, that one's a lot of I's and J's. Not good for the English. Um, but po- most telling probably for City is they've lost Karen Barsley, Jill Scott, Ellen White to retirement. Caroline Weir, Georgia Stanway, uh, Karima Taib, Lucy Bronze, uh, plus Maria Francis-Jones and Jess Park have gone on loan. Uh, Jay Luzian, sort of that retired trio of Barsley, Scott and White, it's going to have a huge impact on city's dressing room isn't
3: it yeah absolutely i
1: mean look at all of the talk around following the euros and the
3: retirement particularly of of white and scott and and how i mean i mean it's just like endless endless stories right now about what a big influence they were both for their national team and on their club and so you 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 just expect that it would have to be um you know i think city does some interesting stuff in the transfer window i think they've made some really good signings the last 2 years but but they haven't necessarily done a really good job integrating them into their squad and now without some of the glue holding it together i'm just interested again it's i think there'll be a refresh here a little bit uh, maybe that's ultimately a good thing because they can kind of refocus a new era but but it seems at least in the short term that's going to be a challenge for city
1: yeah They've made some good signings, I suppose, but looking at the list they've lost, do you think the city team is stronger or weaker than it was last year?
2: Um, last year compared to this year, I think Manchester City will be weaker uh, at the beginning. Um, I do think that they have many, many new players in, uh, or many, many that that's like. Uh, but but they are going to have to adapt to, to new players uh, and the players that have been playing in City are going to have to adapt with new teammates. Um, they're great players, obviously, uh, but I do think that this makes Manchester City a bit weaker uh, going in to the start of the league
1: the season. Yeah, obviously that was the issue they had last year and they finished probably the best team in the league uh, that second half of the season. They lost just once to Chelsea and then that was it um to come third. Um, but Jade, do you think they're going to miss you, know, Weir and Stanway in that midfield too much this year because they're players that know the, the WSL and they're bringing in new players, as Mia said, has got to re- adapt to the league and, and the squad. And do you think that's going to affect them too much? Well, I'll tell you this, if it doesn't affect them too much, then
3: we're going to be calling whoever the players are that take their spots like two of the best players in the league cuz they they pretty much have to be to, to replace those two and not not lose anything. And I think for me as good as Weir is, I think I think Stanway in particular could be a loss. Um, but I, again, that's where it's really interesting to me to see was to see sort of does City flip this and try to re a real refresh here or is this just, you know, they're they're going to do their very best to keep this thing going full speed and, and see where they finish.
1: Yeah. I suppose with no champions league football, then a, a team of city's caliber should be favorites for the league. And I think that's going to be something that Emma Hayes leans on in her press conferences to put the pressure on them um, even more that they've got a, a good squad with lots of money and they should be favorites with no, in no distractions, should we say compared to Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, but we're going to see how that plays out for Gareth Taylor um, over the course of the next few weeks. Um, now, I don't really want to, but I think we need to add Manchester United to this debate. Um, they've added Adriana Leon, Rachel Williams, Grace Clinton, Maya Letizia, Lucia Garcia, Nikita Paris, and Asatu Tunkara to their squad this summer with Karna Shoska, uh Poppy Lawson, Martha Harris, Diane Cal- Caldwell, Fran Bentley, Kirsty Smith all leaving with Ivana Fuso. Carrie Jones, Tara Emily Ramsey, Chloe Williams, and Neve Murphy all gone on loan. Dare I say it, Mia? But smart business from United this summer.
2: Yeah, I actually, I probably, I'm probably gonna have to regret this uh, at the end of the season. But but here we go. I I do think that Manchester United could be a real threat to Manchester City this season. Um, yeah. I will say that here and now. Maybe I will regret, regret it, but I do think that the battle of, of Manchester will be even more tasty this season than it has been before. Because obviously uh, Manchester City has no Caroline Weir uh, anymore. Uh, but but also the fact that if, if Manchester City will not have Keira Walsh, which I don't think they will have, Then I do think that Manchester United could have a real chance uh, of that to reach the top three this season.
1: Yeah, Mary Earps is the happiest person in Manchester at the moment uh, because there's no Caroline Weir this season. Um, Jay, you know we saw last season United started very strongly. they had a you know, very good run and then they, they sort of tailed off towards the end um, probably due to quality. Do you think that that list of transfers is enough for them to sort of, as Mia said, see off city this year? Well, Mia's just
3: slightly braver than I, I am because I really, I really wanted to say yes. And I, and I think there's every chance that they will be. I think I just, I, I, I have, and I think that there's every month, every chance 12 months from now, um, they are the favorite. Uh, I Maybe it's just hesitancy to see a little more of it from, from United. Um, but I got to say, man, that gap, if there is any gap left, is closing quickly.
1: Yeah, I'm quite impressed, actually, with, with what Mark Skinner has been able to do without getting in the Champions League. I mean, me, I know it's probably easier for United to do this than the other clubs because of the strength they already have, but They've really strengthened that start 11 haven't they? With the likes of Letizia and Tunkara coming in to get that back line sort of straight. It's a big year for Skinner as well, isn't it? As well as Gareth Taylor in Manchester City.
2: Yeah, I, I, I do think so. And and then the fact that they get uh, Millie Turner back um, after that nasty condition. She She was going through last season I do think that they also have uh, um, a big squad like with many players in competition uh, against each other for playing time uh, which I do think that that it will improve uh, a team like Manchester United as well Um, and I mean Alessia Russo we all know what she can do already uh, very painful to know that as a Swede um but, um, but then you have Lu- Lucia Garcia um to to come in uh, as well um and I do think that they have a, a, a lot of good competition um regarding wingers um and also the big question for Manchester United fans is the midfield so well, let's see what happens. But but I do think that they can they can give Manchester City a real run for their money this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jay, United have got that good sort of English core for the WSL. You know, Erps, Letizia now, Toon, Rousseau, you know, up the middle of the pitch is an English you know, core with continental talent around it. It's something that's very familiar with you know, the Premier League and the WSL as well, given what we've said about Arsenal and City probably being weaker than they were this time last year, should they be thinking bigger than just top three? Do you think they should be hoping to be, you know, in contention for the big prize towards the last sort of couple of games? Well, if I was them, I would think, yeah, it's the time of the season to
3: believe, to have aspiration, to have something to play for. And I think, Of course, they'll be telling themselves they can be the best team in Manchester. But I think that, you know, part of what our conversation's been here today, why not aim for at least that second spot for, you know, trying to get that Champions League, you know, I guess the third spot, as you said, technically, you know, you do get in. But, yeah, I think you might as well go for it because what else can you lose, I think, for the one nice thing that, that united has is maybe still a little bit more of a free run at all this um, from a pressure standpoint than then i think they're closer to that not being true anymore as these expectations for them get higher and higher and higher but i think they're kind of in this unique spot where they have the talent to really go after uh this season without maybe the pressure they're going to have in a year or two when they start to find you know when this becomes really expected of them to be maybe finishing in a champions league position
1: yeah, I mean my we're gonna do some predictions next and my wild prediction involves Man United. Um so we'll get to that in a minute, um, and we'll see. Um I mean we'd be here all day if we went through the rest of the league. You know, I think they're the challengers for the title. Um the rest of them sort of competing to stay up, I suppose. Uh probably apart from Everton and Tottenham, who are sort of hoping to knock on the door. Um and both have had actually good windows as well, so we'll see what they do. Um, but before we get some predictions down, Jay, I just wonder, what does success for Chelsea this season look like to you? Well, I think that's so challenging because it almost,
3: by almost any definition, it means a bunch of trophies. Because I think that by you know this is what you do to yourself when you perform and perform and perform. You raise your own bar, and everyone else around looking at you expects more, and so they've certainly put themselves in that place with three straight league titles. Obviously we've talked about them maybe being a bigger favorite for a fourth league title here than they were in those previous, any of those previous three seasons. And then after the exit, you know, getting all the way to the champions league final, we know two years ago and then not getting out of the group stage, like that's gotta be at the tip of this iceberg this year is the champions league success. And, you know I obviously you've got to get out of the group stage I think you've probably got to get to a semi-final or maybe a quarterfinal that you got knocked out by Leon and they won it or you know maybe something there but I think even that is gonna leave a lot of people grumbling because I think now the next big thing is to win the Champions League and when you set yourself up where if that's the only form of success well great you're a you're a top-level elite competitor but you also my goodness you really have to to you know, shoot the moon to even kind of meet the standard. And that is tough.
1: Yeah, that sort of leads on perfectly to my question to you, Mia. You know, how much emphasis are Chelsea really going to put on that Champions League? You know, a lot of people say Chelsea have to win it. You know, is that the case? Do they just need to be able to compete in the latter rounds, as, as Jay said, semi-final, maybe even the final, depending on who they face? Because, you know, European football is getting harder and harder to, to win, you know, Leon, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Wolfsburg, PSG, you know, all these clubs are, are so, so good. And then to be that next one above that is obviously going to be very hard. Plus, in the last like nine years, only two teams have won the competition. So yeah, I think that's worth mentioning as well. Do you think some people sort of feel like this is Champions League or bust for Emma Hayes and Chelsea? Do you get that impression or do you think the other trophies are just as important to them this year?
2: Uh, I do think, I I look at it like this. Uh, The investment uh, that, that Chelsea women has made for this season can't see a loss like we saw versus Wolfsburg or Barcelona in the final. That can happen. That can't happen this season with, with with this money that that Chelsea has spent on their women's team. With that being said, do I expect or understand why people say that uh, Chelsea is has uh, to win the Champions League? I do, but to me, it's it's like this: you can't say that you want to compete in the Champions League make all these investments and then go to Wolfsburg and lose 4 nil or lose 4 nil to Barcelona that's my take on this so i expect them to compete
1: they can lose but not by much
2: <laughs> no they they can lose but they have they have to look like that the tactic uh, is close and right, uh, and and that we move into the right th- direction because we didn't saw it uh, in the final versus Barcelona. Yes, you reach yeah. the final, but in the final the gap was it was too big, and then you you go to Wolfsburg to to play that game that was deciding if you're gonna go through to the knockout stage or not, and then you lose four nil. Can't happen. This season, not not with this team. It shouldn't happen with this team because I see. I I've, I've already told a few people that I do think that Bayern Munich is going to be a big competitor uh, in the Champions League this season. With that being said, Wolfsburg is also going to be a big competitor in in the, the a tournament like the Champions League because they have the experience from competing in it and and. Yada yada, you all know that. But then you have the likes of Lyon. But this is the thing: is Lyon like they they showed uh, against Barcelona that you can't, you can never um, count us out, and you can't because it's the Lyon. Um, but then you have Barcelona as well. They're gonna be very hungry to to once again, again get their hands on the trophy. So, but like I said, Chelsea can lose or or they can go out uh, in the knockout stage uh, versus one of the teams I just mentioned. But they can't lose with those numbers. Not if you make this big uh, investment and you, you say that you want to compete in the Champions League, then you can't lose with 4-0 against these teams now.
1: Definitely not if they break the women's transfer record again um, to bring in uh, Gais from PSG. I think that might change things. Um, let's get some predictions then. Uh, so basically the, it's the WSL, so where Chelsea finish. Who's going to be the top three? Who's going to get relegated? Uh, where Chelsea finish in the Conti Cup, FA Cup, Champions League? Who's going to be the top scorer and who's going to be the player of the season? Plus a wild prediction, which covers anything in women's football. Um, so it could be as wild. So it doesn't have to be Chelsea related. It can relate to the WSL, who finishes where, uh, champ- who wins the Champions League, etc. Um, so I don't like doing this because I didn't predict Chelsea to win the WSL last year, and then they did. So I think there's some reverse psychology. So I'm going to do it again and just say Chelsea finished second in the WSL. <laughs> uh, Mia? WSL? Top three? Uh, who, wins who wins it for you? Where did
2: Chelsea come from? This is the thing also. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying this about the Champions League, but with this squad, you you can't lose the title. Like, no way.
1: Mia did say last year that Chelsea would win the league, so we're happy for that to stay as it is. Uh, Jay, where did Chelsea finish in the WSL this season? They're finishing first and I I thank you for your
3: superstition and so we don't have to blame you if they don't finish first.
1: Yeah, because people would blame me as well. That's the thing. And it's not Oh no, my, I know it. Yeah. Trust me, I know it.
3: <laughs> I'd it... be
1: one of them, Dean. Yeah. So who comes after Chelsea for you, Jay, in the top three? Who's second and third?
3: I'm gonna be a little less brave and I'm still I'm gonna go uh second Arsenal and third uh Manchester City.
1: I'm gonna say Arsenal win the league and then City come third just for superstitious stakes. Uh, Mia, what about you? Who's second? Who's third?
2: I think uh, Arsenal will be second again. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go with Manchester United. I need to throw this banner in into <laughs> this discussion now. Because I, I I I can admit this because I'm a Swede and I'm far far away from you, <laughs> like you can beat me up. <laughs> uh, because I have I do have a soft spot for Manchester United. If I'm gonna compare them to to Manchester City, because I feel nothing for Man Manchester City, so.
1: Okay, that's been noted down in the books. Uh, Thank got you. That on tape. Um, yeah. Mia, who, who's going to get relegated this year?
2: I think that's a hard question. But I'm gonna go with West Ham. Um,
1: West Ham. See, I hated them last year and you said they were gonna be good. Yeah, um, I know. And I hate them this year as well. Uh, Jay, who do you think's gonna get relegated? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip Leicester City to be relegated. Yeah. also gonna say no because she's best friends with Willie Kirk. Um he's gonna take over the job at Christmas. Uh, and be manager and keep them up. See, mine was West Ham, and then it was going to be Leicester. Um, I don't think it's going to be Liverpool. So I'm gonna just to be different. I'm gonna say, and I don't like to say this because I do like Carla Ward. But I'm gonna say Aston Villa get relegated. Um, just like their men's team, uh, because they're terrible as well. Uh, Mia, who wins the Conti Cup? And if it's not Chelsea, where did Chelsea finish? Sorry, and if they don't win it, who does win it? Chelsea's going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three games to win. I mean, it's really easy to win it. Yeah. Um, Jay? I'm.
3: All right. I'm going to do the one thing here that's a little off because I really do think Chelsea should be favored to sweep all these and not picking them to win them all when I think they should be favored and they're my club. Silly. But here's where I will. I'm going to go ahead and go Manchester United. Maybe it's FA Cup. I'll put it in the Conte Cup. I. It's a team that, again, I just think that, that they've got a lot, of, a lot of energy going in the right direction, and maybe this is one of the competitions that some of the other top clubs just slightly are, have their eye focused on the league and, and higher things. I'm going to give Aynad here a chance to win this cup.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's going to need something to appease some of the fans who are questioning him. Um... I'll say Chelsea just because they lost last year in the final. I think that really gets on Emma Hayes' nerves. I think if they just went out in the first game, then she wouldn't care about this competition at all this year because before they won it, she wanted to scrap it. I think because she lost in the final, she's going to want to win it again this year. Um, And the FA Cup, obviously Chelsea have on a little streak for that, so I'm going to back Chelsea again. Jay, FA Cup's Chelsea's again. Another day at Wembley for us. Yep. Yeah, it's another one. Put it on the board. Yeah, Mia? Yeah, Chelsea's going to win it. Well, this is going to be easy to remember. Just Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. And then just throw a random Man United in. Um, Champions League, Jay, where did Chelsea end up? And if they're not winning it, who does win it? Yeah, so so I think I'm
3: going to go ahead and say a semi-final here. I, I, have, I would love to feel the confidence that we're going to win this thing. I cannot bring myself to say we're going to reach the final and lose. Um, I think to to Mia's point, although I think the expectations, I'd even be disappointed if we only reach the finals. To me, that will be much more about how the actual last step, how how well, not so much where we fall, um, but but. You know, in a season where we absolutely could win it, I'd love to say Chelsea, but I just think there's a little bit too much competition there. And I I like Mia's um she mentioned Bayern Munich. Personally, for me, that's gonna be my pick for the champion.
1: Okay, Mia, what about yourself?
2: Yeah, I have I have Bayern Munich as this year's this season's like surprise. Uh, in the Champions League, because I do think that they have recruited a great coach, uh, and I do think that they have they they have the same squad depth as Chelsea, and then you have the obviously the the two German teams are great competitors competitors for for the Champions League. I do think. That Chelsea have a chance to win the Champions League, but I. This is where I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I, I think Bayern Munich is is gonna win it. Uh, but then obviously Lyon are gonna <laughs> go ahead and win it, win it all. But but so my good... my favorites are Bayern Munich. So,
1: so what round, What round do Chelsea lose in then? If you're gonna predict it.
2: Um. I I I'm also gonna go with semifinals because I there, there's gonna be disappointment uh, if they if they already goes go get quarterfinals that they, they have a great squad you, you no one can deny can deny that Chelsea have a great squad it's it's all a, it's all about what you do with the squad. Because they can win the Champions League, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna deny that. But yeah, let's let's see.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna um, break the rules of my own game, and I'm just gonna say that Chelsea are gonna reach the Champions League final. What happens from there is out of my control, um, and who they play is also out of our control. So something's gonna happen. Uh, let's see what it is. If they win, I'm going to say I definitely predicted it. If they lose, then I predicted it also. Uh, Top scorer is going to be Sam Kerr at all competitions because she's the one that plays up front and she's the one that scores the goals. Uh, Mia, any surprise in the top scorer for Chelsea this year?
2: No, if Sam Kerr is fit uh, all season and um, I I do think that I do think and I do hope that Penelope Harder will score more goals than she has done in the past, even though she has been great and scored a lot of goals uh, before. Um, But obviously, yeah, if we're going to look at just the Chelsea uh, squad when doing this prediction uh, about top score, then it, it should be Sam
1: Kerr. Yeah. Joe, any change on that? another one for me yeah I would like to see Harder and Lauren James combine to score 30 goals between them I think that's doable um, especially what we've seen from Harder and James in pre-season as well that could happen um, player of the season obviously a difficult one to to predict but which player do you think is going to have the big impact and, and win that competition uh, Jay I'll ask you first I think it'll probably be
3: Sam Kerr. I I'm would love to vote for Fran Kirby here. I just don't know that we'll see her. I I, I don't know. I'm not saying I think we won't, but I just don't know what her availability will be throughout the season. I'm actually going to vote for somebody I want to vote for here and I think has a chance to be, but I'll vote for Guru Wright. Uh, I think just off a freshman contract, I think she looked excellent in preseason and I think there's going to be so much attention Um in other parts of Chelsea's attack, particularly on on Kerr and Harder, I just think there's an opportunity here for Wrighton um, to be. Uh, she's already a really valuable player. She's really comfortable at the squad. She's a key member in the locker room. I just think this could be her year. Um, I think Aaron Cuthbert's another potential one here, but I'm going with Euro.
1: Yeah, she won the supporters' group Player of the Year last year. Um, I know that the actual club one is voted for by supporters, who obviously someone who scores the most goals, wins the award rather than probably who has the most importance on the pitch. Uh, Mia, who are you going to back to win player of the season?
2: Player of the season? Oh, I think that's a hard question looking at (laughs) at Chelsea's squad. I do think that I'm going to go for Aaron Cuthbert.
1: Yeah, I don't know why I asked these tough questions because they are difficult, aren't they? I'm going to go to be different with Kadisha Buchanan because she's going to score the winning goal in the Champions League final from a corner uh, that Cuthbert wins and right-and-takes <laughs> just to get everyone's in there. Um, I did ask Jane and Dane for theirs um, if I can talk enough time to get to where the messages are. I can find Jane's because I know she replied. Um, No, she didn't. She just replied to the wild prediction, which was uh, that the City manager leaves, which I didn't think was very wild, um, because I could see that happening quite easily. Um, So my wild prediction is that Everton finish above Manchester United and Skinner gets the sack. So with that in mind, uh, Mia, what was your wild prediction for women's football in 2022-2023?
2: Yeah, that must be what I said before that uh, Manchester United will finish top three.
1: i okay, I'll give you that, Jay? Try not make it about mine. This Man. might not That'd be too out. Be okay, okay, I won't. Mine's <laughs> gonna
3: be way more obscure and probably way wrong.
1: But I'm actually gonna
3: pick Liverpool to finish top half. I don't. I know that's not. You know that that's a long way from being promoted. Um, and, and they may not get there. But I just think. This is a team that that eventually is going to be kind of solidly in this league. And and I think that this might be the year that they kind of really announce themselves a little bit to the league. I know that's not a real exciting wild prediction to a ball team that's barely making it to the table. But I, I think they could be an interesting team.
1: Yeah, we had Matt Beard on for our Patreon show, and he's now a very good friend of the show. So although I don't like Liverpool. Happy for Matt Beard to coach a team to the top half, Uh, as long as that's as far as they go. Um, Let us know your predictions. Um, You can comment them on Patreon. You can tweet us. You can message us on Instagram. You can write us a letter and email it to us. Um, I don't know what we'll do with them, but let us know anyway. Um, We was going to look at the West Ham game, but I think we've run out of time, especially I have, and I'm the host. So, sadly... That is all we've got time for this week. Uh, Mia, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the show. Looking forward to chatting with you again throughout the season.
2: Yeah, likewise. It's going to be lots of great talks during the season, I
1: think. Of course. And Where can the listeners find you if they haven't found you already? Just on social media, of course, not your home address. <laughs>
2: that would be be creepy Um, yeah I'm gonna go for uh, let's just give uh, at their pitch on twitter and uh, at their dot pitch on instagram a follow so you can listen to my podcast once in a while during the season you may be happy this season as well I, I think
1: yeah, As last a Chelsea season, fan, I, yeah. mean, I mean, yeah. Last season was what? Jesse Fleming, Magda Eriksson, Czajir Maren Mielder. Maran So if we were happy last season, and then Mia says we're going to be happy this season. And also Mia's podcast is professional. So unlike this, uh, uh, uh what was it about JRK? Organised Chaos?
2: Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's
1: this podcast. And then... Mia's podcast is like what you should actually do—a podcast like. Um, <laughs> as is Jay's. Actually, we ain't got no history. I've uh, been a guest. I on that. Actually,
3: I was going to say it was the other way. You were making a straight line, me as <laughs> to yours and to mine, because I think that was the more accurate tradition, really.
1: <laughs> no, no, I would never say that about Jay's podcast. Which is, I love being a guest on other people's podcasts because I don't have to write two thousand words before it. Um, Jay, thank you for for giving up your afternoon. Is it now? early evening
3: yeah it's just about 2 30 here in the afternoon i appreciate it and
1: uh thanks a bunch for having me and where can the listeners find you and your podcast
3: yeah so they can find my uh my personal twitter at J wilmington i've also got a at we ain't got no podcast twitter but uh e- either one of those you can find it and then also check out we ain't got no history chelsea's sb nation blog site
1: yeah, very good work there. Um, the best of the best on We Ain't Got No History. Um, You can find the show on at Mo Kings Meadow. You can find me at D Mears, uh, Jane at Jane Chapel X, and Dane at DWit9 if you like. We're also on Instagram sometimes at Went to Mo Kings Meadow and YouTube apparently this year under the same name. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. We're going to be live on Mixler, hopefully. That's M I X L R.com. Uh, You can listen to us as we talk live and post comments and we can read them and read them out. Uh, It's what the Chelsea fan cast do. We're going to try and do it this year, Uh, which for those of you that know the show and how we start the show, which is never on time, it's quite a bold statement for us to make, but we're going to try and make that work. Uh, Just bear with us. Um, That's it, yeah enjoy the season uh, let us know your predictions thanks for listening and until next time from Stamford Bridge to Wembley keep the blue flag flying. Huh?
0: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.